members of the PHFFL, what is going on? Commissioner Conlon here, pumped up, jazzed up, coming at you guys for a very special episode of the Race of Three podcast. So we have holiday season. We're right in the thick of things. So as of right now, when I'm doing this recording, it is Wednesday night. So we have Christmas Eve tomorrow, Christmas Day on Friday. And then, more importantly, the main slate this week, which includes a paper bag showdown. We got two teams duking it out, figuring out who is going to have to sport that dreaded paper bag this spring slash summer. A toilet bowl battle featuring two teams hungry and excited to go out there and get that coveted first overall pick that could have just... Huge, huge impacts or implications on that franchise that wins first overall pick, depending on what players there and who they draft, could launch this team out of the loser's bracket, potentially into the winner's bracket for years to come. And then the main slate, the bell of the ball, the 2020 Powerhouse Fantasy Football League Championship throw down against two teams that already have one win apiece. So you mix that all together. We got Christmas this week. We have NFL on Friday. We have NFL games on Saturday. We have NFL games on Sunday. We have NFL on Monday. All those games have implications across those three, three very important and meaningful games we have going to the PHFFL. Plus, it's holiday season. We got Christmas. Christmas spirit is in the air. It's in the Race 3 podcast. So we'll make sure we sprinkle in and add a little hint of the Christmas season We can be jolly on the race of three. I don't see why not. But, I mean, with that, I guess before I get into anything, just level set with everybody. So, this one, um, I I had the ability to sync up with several of the owners, whether it was a quick little recording um, of the owners that are in the paper bag, the toilet bowl, or the championship. Um, got, got, Got with them at different times. Got some of the owners' input on that. I got some written in um input or thoughts of the week coming ahead from some of the owners on here too so just pre-warning prefacing this all of this is recorded at different times usually you know i sit down i rip roll right through this at tux pub we get you know we, we get it taken care of and just one wham bam uh this one i'm gonna dice together a little bit so some things might not ebb and flow like they typically do and i already know one thing that is thrown off the ebb and flow big time at least I think it is because, you know what, I need to wet the whistle. But to do that, I have to crack a cold one. Oh, yeah. There we go. There is a crack. The mountains are blue. The course light, the silver bullet. Let's put it down the gullet. Ah, that is good. That is good. So, yes, we'll flow through this. Lots to cover tonight. We'll dive right into it. First thing we'll do is boogie on over to Transaction Corner. This portion right now, it's getting recorded on a Wednesday night. So I anticipate there being next to nothing for me to cover on this. Opening this up here. Let's take a look. Um, yeah, no, no, no surprise here. We've got three teams uh, that have just had some drops here. So... And they're all defense drops, so I'm not even going to waste my time with it. Looks like it's all teams that have skin in the game for these upcoming for this upcoming week. 
Um, nothing really to see here. We have some drops. It'll be interesting to see what pickups there are that go along with this. And if these are people that were plug, plugging and playing, just based on what I'm seeing here with what was dropped in the defense, my assumption is, is we're going to have some people trying to pick up some defense, streaming some defense this week. But we will see if that is actually realized when the transaction goes tomorrow on Transaction Thursday. So, hey, that, that's quick, easy. Transaction corners over. Also, quick and easy. The mailbag, she's bone dry. Um, I have the mail on hold, trying to be a good Samaritan. One, you know, out of town, so we're not there to receive the mail either. And two, I mean, if you haven't seen the pictures online, with everyone shopping online, with it being the holiday season, the mails, they're just overran. So, you know, I said, you know what? I can be a, a good, good citizen out there. I'll put my hold on mail. So if you guys had any dire questions, I'm sorry. It's on hold. We'll get to it when we come back and we have a wrap up of what happens in this ever important championship week. So, I mean, with that, I'm excited to dive into this. We got to get into the meat of the night show. And as always, the meat of the night show is brought to you all by none other than TNT barbecue. It's the holiday season. It's Christmas. For me, when I think holiday, I think Christmas. I think of a few things, I guess. Um, if I'm going to be smoking up a holiday meal, what I will probably end up serving out there is you got to have a little bit of holiday ham. Make sure you get that thing on the smoker. Make sure you get the glaze that you're going to put on it. Maybe it's a little pineapple juice, a little honey mustard, a um, little brown sugar in that thing. Get that all going. Get that all going on the smoker. Make sure you got a nice glaze. Get the ham all glazed up good. And then I'm a big, big you know, holiday season. If you can find it, got to get a little smoked up prime rib for the folks there to celebrate Christmas. Um, I tell you what, I think that sounds like a lovely entree for the Night's Meet Night show. So as I lift up, look at the platter. That's definitely what it is. The meat of the night show. This ain't no RGQ. This ain't no All Meat Matters. This is TNT Barbecue. Our meat is dynamite. So what do we got for you? As always, we have a rewind. We'll go back. We'll look at the semifinals. We'll bring you all the action, let you know everything you need to know. Then from there, it will be the look ahead, getting input, hearing from the owners that are out here competing, and we'll dive all into that right now. Let's go ahead and jump into the rewind. All right, we are back, back into week 15. Let me get this scoreboard up here. Get this going. At this point in time, back in week 15, just about everyone was in the hopeful, was hopeful in the league for something, whether it was hopefulness to not be in the paper bag game, hopeful to be in the toilet bowl, competing for the first overall pick, whether it was hopefulness of getting in the championship or just hopeful for another $10. Some of those wishes were to realize. Some of them weren't. Um, we'll scroll all the way down. We will start out in the loser's bracket at the very, very bottom. At the bottom of the rung, we had a matchup of Hungry, Horny, and Hey, Hey, Henry going up against Wham, Bam, Fuck You, Cam. So this is a Quinn Pels versus Alex Fitzsimmons showdown. And, man, one team showed up and balled out. The other team, there's a reason they're sitting in the paper bag going into the next week 
Let's go ahead, open up the box score here. Let's see what happened. So, like I said, one team was a runaway train. That team that ran away with it all was none other than Hungry, Horny, and Hey, Hey, Henry. Quinn throws up 143 points, round up to 144 points to Alex's very, very disappointing only 86 points we were able to put up mustard together. Let's scroll down, spend some time on this. And really, what does that mean? So one big thing, Quinn, he does not have to worry about that paper bag. So he's in that middle rung. This upcoming week from means nothing to him. To Alex, it means a hell of a lot more. To his pigskin power brethren, it means a hell of a lot more. We don't want someone on our team supporting the paper bag. I know Alex doesn't want to be supporting that paper bag. Let's, let's get into what happened here. Um, and I'll, I'll just start, I mean, again, with the namesake of Hungry Horny and he, he, Henry, Derek Henry. He's always a beast this time of year. He continued to ball out here, throwing up 25 points, which you got to love. I mean, really across the board here, Quinn, I mean, your team was consistent, consistent, consistent. So Deshaun Watson, he had himself a very nice outing with 31 points. And then what you really had to love, you rolled the dice. You went ahead and you plugged in Antonio Brown and you did that over the likes of a Brandon Cooks. You did that over the likes of a Chase Claypool. You did that over the likes of a Devontae Parker and Emmanuel Sanders. A bunch of other names you have on here. And it paid off in a big, big way. So him in TB12, they hooked up for a touchdown for the first time this season. Antonio ended up being good for 20.3 points. You have to love that. That really cemented good in your wider receiver slot. Looking over to Alex, what didn't go well? Well, I can tell you two things that for sure didn't go well. One being Tyler Boyd and Eric Ebron on that, what ended up being a very, very ugly Monday night football game, at least for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, both of these guys got banged up. I don't remember the specifics of what their injuries were, uh, but both got banged up early in the game. Both left, and I don't believe either of them came back in. Unfortunately for you, they did not even have the courtesy to combine together to even get you one point. So you got smacked at two goose eggs laid right in the middle of your roster there in the wide receiver tight end spot. You can't like that. Uh, and then really that theme held true. Josh Jacobs, he did his best. He threw up 20 points. He was trying to help the squad out. Other than that, no one else really wanted to join the party. Jared Goff, 21 points. Yeah, I guess you can live with that. But against the Jets, you're probably hoping for a lot more than that out of him. And really, where the letdown and bigger disappointment has to be is what happened in those two halfback slots. Miles Sanders, Chris Carson, both good halfbacks in their own right. Only good for combined 18.9 points. So Miles got you 10. Chris Carson got you 8. Really, really disappointing. Again, really no surprise. All that disappointment sums up. And comes into a 86-point outing for wham, bam, fuck you, Cam, on a week when you needed it. You know, you don't want to be in that paper bag. But unfortunately, that's where you find yourself. Quinn, congrats. You can breathe a sigh of relief. Alex, you're going to have to get out there. Keep grinding for at least one more week. So now let's flip it over to the middle rung. Both these teams, a little bit different vibes, a little different atmosphere in this game. So they have a win, would take you up into that top ladder, would put you into that toilet bowl where you want to be if you're in the loser's bracket go out there give yourself a chance to get the first overall pick and losing this one unfortunately lanes it right into the exact same spot where alex finds himself in the paper bag bowl we have coming up this upcoming week so if you look at this one and man oh man i mean this is a game 
both people knew it was on the line. Both owners know it were on the line. This game here again between Jake Meyer, show me where you shit from, versus Dan's sinners like me, show me where you shit from. He ends up besting Dan here by four points, but it was a shootout, 143 to 139. That is not a score that you would imagine you would see in a loser's bracket. Like I said, both these teams, no one wants to sport the paper bag. No one wants to have to worry about it. Sweat that out. Deal with it. And everybody that's in this wants to go after that first overall pick. So that's what these guys had. Um, Let's unpack this. What happened? What were the big, big swings in this that made it happen? Um, We'll go ahead. We'll, We'll start with Jake's team. So, it, it, it's kind of crazy. You threw up 143 points, Jake, with a James Washington dropping a goose egg there right in your roster. So if I'm not mistaken, I think maybe there was some back and forth. You had some wide receivers you didn't know were going to go or weren't going to go. It looked like, judging by when you picked up James Washington and got him into your roster, that it was just kind of a grabbing at straws, a desperation play, get somebody in there and get your points. He didn't get you any points. Uh, but man, he was the only one outside of that. He had TB12 against that solid matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. He was good for 31 points. I'm sure at halftime of that game, at least from my standpoint as a Bucks fan, halftime of that game, I was not feeling too good about that. Tom Brady orchestrated a big comeback. And if I'm not mistaken, threw up the most yards in a second half of an NFL game this season out of any quarterback. So he was good for the tune of 31.3 points. I think he threw two touchdowns on top of that. Um, DeAndre Swift, the rook, he went out there, had himself a nice day to 22.2 points. Let me open this up here and see what he delivered. So, I mean, the big thing there, it looks like he fell, fell into the end zone, found Pater two times, so 67 yards on the ground. He was good for 4.5 yards pop, so an efficient runner, plus four catches added on. That's awesome out of a rook there for 22.2 points. You got to like seeing that. A.J. Brown, he's been steady, steady for you all year. Good this week for 15.4 points. Positioning rank number 14 on the year. Hunter Henry, he came up for you in a big way at 17 and a half. I mean, in a tight end landscape where it's razor, razor, razor thin, you will always take 17 and a half points out of your halfback. I mean, out of your tight end, excuse me. Then really another pop surprise, or at least for me, was Melvin Gordon throwing up 24.1 points, especially in a game where Denver Broncos just got absolutely drummed 48 to 19 by the Buffalo Bills. If we open it up, it's crazy to me that he was still, again, kind of the same theme there as DeAndre Swift. The big thing that got him there was two times to the end zone. So he punched his ticket in there twice. So really all systems go for show me where you shit from this week and a big, big pivotal week. On the flip side, you can really hold that same theme true for the majority of Dan's squad here. So, I mean, that's what's got to make this burn even more here. Uh, Justin Herbert, his rook, he came out firing. He bested TB12 there, throwing up 35 points of his own against the Raiders. Then you had Stefan Diggs, good for 25.7 points. Then a very, very surprising pop out of J.D. McKissick, good for 25.7 points. 
his best on the year by a pretty wide margin. He got that mainly through the air to the tune of nine catches for 56 yards and a tutty. You have to like seeing that adding 50 more on the ground. That was big, big, big Mike Evans. He had himself a solid outing at 17 points. Couldn't find pay dirt. Justin Jefferson. He was good for 18.4 Gronk. My boy, Rob Gronk. He let you down a little bit. Only good for 5.9. That's a big swing there. When you look at the tight end lines, and then really another unfortunate thing was Cam Akers. I believe he went out, um, I don't know if it was a high ankle sprain or something, but I know he left uh, the field, went out the sidelines. People thought he wasn't, he was outdone for the day. Uh, he got that thing wrapped up, taped up. They threw him back in there. Ultimately didn't do a lot. I mean, he was still a pretty efficient runner to the tune of 4.2 yards a pop. 15 carries, I mean, that's still a hell of a workload against the Jets, though, only throwing up 7.2 points. That's a disappointment. That's not what you're expecting to get out of the ascending rook. Obviously, still a very, very bright future. Things to come. Um, and the only reason I'm going to pick at it and throw it out there is just because, and we'll get to it later in the show when we get Dan's thoughts and feedback on this upcoming week, but that 49ers defense, the 49ers defense that's now cutting on the waiver wire, and this may be why. Um, they, they would cost you back to back weeks. Uh, this time they were good for minus two points, which is unfortunate. You think going against the Dallas Cowboys, you would have a hell of a shot of having a great streaming defense there. Um, unfortunately, your Washington Redskins defense against the Seahawks, against Russell Wilson, they didn't let Russ cook. I mean, they didn't have a great day either, but they would have been good for four. That's a swing of six points. Again, I'm no rocket scientist, but I can math that out to know that those six points would give me a dub and put it in there. Um, that's a bitter, bitter pill to swallow. I'll go ahead and I'll pour one out into my mouth for you. But when it's all said and done, both you guys, you have a lot right online. This upcoming week, we'll obviously get into it in the next segment when we review week 16 and championship week. Let's goody scoot on up to the top of the ladder where we had a showdown of two six and seven teams here where we had Jerry's kids going up against Nathan Pierce's Nate underdogs. Jerry's kids, they come out big time, come out on top, victorious to the tune of 135 points to keep himself on that top rung and set himself a date with show me where you shit from scrolling, scrolling through this. Let's see what went. And, you know, I, I got to start start with your boy, Chad, Cole Beasley. He was good for 19.2 points. Let's open up here and see what he all did. Oh, yeah, hell of an outing. Eight catches, 111 yards. You got to love seeing that on 10 targets. I mean, that is a target monster. Last three weeks, 11 targets, 10 targets, 10 targets. Cole Beasley, he's not that bad, quote, unquote. Chadillac CT, Chad Thompson himself. Keep going here. Really, everyone, solid outings. Another ascending rook and Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver for San Francisco 49ers. He had himself another strong outing here. 22 points, the tune of nine catches, 73 yards, and a tutty. He hit pay dirt. And if you look um, outside of the games, he was hurt or not activated. He's been right around 20 points since week eight in every game he's played in. 23, 19, 20, 21.9, You got to love seeing that out of your rookie, especially when you're going into such a pivotal week. 
Um, Leonard Fournette, Rojo, uh, and I think he's likely out again this week. We can get into that later. Uh, that ended up being a big, big play for you to plug in there. So he was good to the tune of 21 points. Rodgers, Rodgers was pretty actually, uh, for Rodgers' standards, was most mediocre for your squad. Only threw up 21 points. Didn't quite best or match his projections of 30 points. Uh, overall, CT, you got to be happy what your squad did. They went out there, threw up 135 points put you in a great position to get the dub and that is exactly what happened Nate underdog on the flip side here I mean those two young halfbacks that we've talked about for the majority of the year they continue to keep rolling they did their parts and of course I'm speaking of none other than JT Jonathan Taylor rookie another ascending rookie he was good for 19.5 points on the flip side of that and I mean I might be misspoken but I would say probably the the top halfback over the last four weeks in terms of fantasy wise. So David Montgomery, he's been good for 25, 27, 24, having his best, best week of the season so far. And my assumption is probably the best week of his career thus far was fed the rock 32 times for 146 yards, two tutties, plus adding a catch through the air, uh, 29 points. You got to love that. You got to love what those halfbacks are doing. You got to love the future that you have there with those two guys. Um, crazy to just stop and pause here. I mean, he's sitting at position rank six on the year when we talk about Montgomery. So you got to love seeing that position rank six, averaging 16.7 points. Jay Taylor, let's go ahead, open it up. Where, where's he position ranked? He's position ranked 10. So pretty crazy. Uh, those halfbacks with what they've done recently, they've upped their game and they've jumped into top 10 at their position are both very, very young. Um, unfortunately from there, the squad, no one else really joined in on the party. Deontay Johnson, he had himself a nice outing for 20 points. Really about the only good player, good thing that happened out of the Steelers here this night. Um, unfortunately, he tried running the stack there with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, that was no good. 10.4 points. Ben was looking rough, rough, rough on Monday night. Uh, continue to scroll through here. Cooper Cup. Didn't get a whole lot out of him. Raheem Moster, unfortunately, you didn't get a lot of him. Um, bitter, bitter pill probably to swallow, swallow when you look at down at your bench and you have a Tony Pollard going for 31.2 and a Giovanni Bernard going for 22.7 and a Matt Ryan going for 37 points. End of the day, what do you do? Hindsight's 2020. It's unfortunate. Um you get a week essentially of relaxation. You don't have to worry about paper bag, but you're not going after a first overall pick. Quinn had your first overall pick anyway, so I'm sure you're not losing much sleep over what happened. Jerry's kids, congratulations. Go on, compete for that first overall pick. That's it. That's it for the loser's bracket. Let's flip it up to the playoff bracket where the winners are at. Um, the first one, I'm just going to glaze over it because ultimately this was just a match to go for five, fifth and sixth place. Again, a match for $10, whether it was $60 coming home, if you got that fifth place spot or 50 in the sixth place spot. And for girls gone wild, Sam Harvey, the guy I'd incorrectly pegged as a paper bag candidate, you know, he didn't have a great, great outing, 115 points here, but it was a hell of a lot better than what Tom was able to scrape together with a 75. Obviously when I'd recorded this last Thursday, I came, I was watching the Raiders, um, Chargers. It was live. It was going. I saw Derek Carpole's growing there. 
he didn't get back in that game. So he walked out, put you in a huge hole right away on Thursday night football to the tune of 2.65 points. That's tough to come back from, especially then when you're going to get a goose egg out of James Conner there. And then only six points out of Kenyon Drake. That's not great for your starting halfback slot. Unfortunately, Tyler Lockett, Russ Wilson, his fire simmered a little bit. He's not cooking as much as he was early in the year. Tyler Lockett, as a result, is not cooking either. Um, and end of the day, I mean, one bright spot I will throw out there. Logan Thomas, the tight end of Washington Redskins, you may have something there. Tommy, I know you've been looking and trying to go after getting a tight end for a long time now. If I'm not mistaken, this was a former quarterback, maybe for the Arizona Cardinals. He came out, had another, another very strong outing. He's had quite a few of them as of late. 13 catches for 101 yards. you got to love seeing that. He's actually position ranked five as a tight end this year. Like I said, tight end position is can be razor thin and a bit of wasteland. But, hey, you got to like there's a pulse there. Go ahead and write it. On the flip side for you, Harvey, Ryan Tannehill, when he goes, your squad goes. So he was really the only thing this squad had going outside of defense, special teams in your kicker spot there, throwing up 45.75 points um, from there, from Todd Gurley all the way till we get down to that Ravens defense. Really not a whole lot to write home about. No one cracked double digits in there. So ultimately a lackluster fifth and sixth place game. But, hey, congrats to you, Harv. You're taking home 60 bucks. Tom Katz, you're not leaving this season empty-handed either. You got 50 bucks. We'll get that in the mail. Check sent to you guys. Shipped your guys' way once the season's completed. So now let's get into the teams that had everything on the line. They're chas- chasing the ultimate prize, the ultimate hardware. They want that 250 bucks. They wanted that trophy to be able to bring home, put on the trophy case, put on display, just feel good about themselves. Just, I mean, really changes the whole swagger of a man when he brings down the PHFFL trophy. First matchup we'll look at. First one we'll get into was against the defending champ versus Lut Russ Cook. Unfortunately, Lut Russ Cook, he did not cook this week. So, Mount Daddy, I know you had texted me and you had highlighted it out and you put up a good point that really Russell Wilson, since I think I believe week 10, opening up his stats here. Yeah, really since week 10 had let your team down in a pretty big way. So we still had a 26-point week nested in there, 32-point week in there. Um, compared to the 40-plus points, almost 50 back in week three that he was throwing up early in the year, really is a letdown when you look at 12 points in week 10, 18 in week 12, 19 in week 13. That really, really kills the squad. Your squad this week only throwing up 15 points. Not what you needed when you were going toe-to-toe, gunning against the OBJYN's Patrick Mahomes on the other side. Uh, halfbacks, they came in, nothing spectacular, but nothing that sank the ship there. Both Nick Chubb and James Robinson were good for about 14 points. You have to have, like having that halfback duel going into the future. Uh, a guy we've talked a lot a lot about really on the show, too, is Corey Davis. He had himself a nice outing for you to the tune of 21 points. He's had quite a few good outings again. When Ryan Tannehill gets going, he's definitely a, comp- a competent enough quarterback to make several options there in the Tennessee Titans passing option work. Those options obviously being Corey Davis and then A.J. Brown. Uh, looking what really, really killed you is right there in the middle of that roster. Mari Cooper, only good for 2.3 points. You hate to see it. Juju Smith-Schuster, only good for 2.5 points. You hate to see it. Then TJ Hawkinson, only good for 1.8. Um, 
tough, tough times. Not, not what you want to see. So ultimately that wrapped up, gave Russ Cook 90 points. Wasn't going to be nearly enough to compete against the OPJYNs, 133 that they threw up. So we'll flip it over to the winner side, the OPJYN. 34 points there out of Patrick Mahomes, like we mentioned. Good game, great game against the Saints. Aaron Jones had himself an awesome outing, 24.8 points. And Darren Waller on Thursday night really set this freaking party off right to the tune of 30 points. Let's open up that stat line. How many catches and targets did the guy have? Nine catches, 150 yards, a touchdown on 12 targets. I mean, God, you look at the last three weeks, 17 targets, 10 targets, 12 targets. Pretty crazy and something that you'll just always take in a tight end, no doubt about it. Um, really scanning here through the rest of the squad. I mean, you suffered. Yeah, you had that awesome Thursday night out Darren Waller. You also kind of had an equal lut down there with Keenan Allen. I mean, it's a tough thing when almost the worst thing in my eyes when you have a player that is slated let's just say is questionable. You don't know if he's going to go or not. They go ahead and they activate him. They put him out there and then they put him on a pitch counter. They don't actually use him at all. Essentially that is what Keenan Allen found himself in, in terms of his situation. So he was only good for 2.6 points. What Pat Mahomes did, what Aaron Jones did, what Darren Waller did. They were enough to help your squad overcome that um, and put you as a defending champ into the PHFL promised land. So you have to love that you're there back-to-back seasons, and if I'm not mistaken now, and we'll get into it, I think that's three straight seasons of a PHFFL championship appearance for the OBJYN. Nothing short of impressive. Very, very impressive. Mount Daddy, you got a solid squad. You guys will be back. You'll be fighting. Um, Just a bummer of a week. That's not like how you want to go down. I mean, going down with a crap performance, it's tough. It sucks, but you know what? Keep your head up. Go out there. Go grind for that third uh third overall placing try to get yourself an extra 10 bucks in the upcoming week so with that so we already know the objyn now he's moving on he's going getting a chance to defend his title defend his belt who is he going to go against well that was going to be decided by dirty van super punters and the boys of fall so we had nick lauderboss dirty van super punter squaring down against my boys of fall and boy oh boy was this a shootout Unfortunately for Nick, I think on the week was the okay the third okay in the winners bracket. Anyways, you were the second highest scorer. When we add in the consolation, the losers bracket there, those boys were balling out. So that ends up putting you maybe like the fourth highest score on the week. Unfortunately, what you ran into is you ran into a boys of fall that ran on all cylinders this week, posting up, I think, our highest point total or second highest point total on the year for us at 193. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll start with your squad. Josh Allen, hell of a hell of an Audi in 45 points. I'll be honest, uh, that when that was happening, he threw up 45 points. I was getting pretty nervous. Then in the meantime, Calvin Ridley, just shredding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary. He was good for 32 points. So, I mean, right there, you stack together almost 80 points. I mean, that had to be feeling good out of those two spots. Tyreek Hill, he had himself a solid day again. Once you talk about some of these superstars, some of these studs, um, what a good day means to them means a lot of different things than what it does to a lot of the rest of the league. Uh, But Tyreek Hill, good for 17.4 points. Again, a good day, but for him – Average to below average, I would say. I felt, felt grateful there in my end. Uh, what really kind of sunk this ship was 
these half the backs that you had to roll out there. So unfortunately, you had issues with injury. Um, you took a roll of the dice. So I know Ronald Jones was out. I know David Johnson, he was reactivated. He was back. He was all systems go. He ended up throwing up 24 points. Unfortunately, you decided not to roll the dice there against a tough Indianapolis Colts defense. So those 24.3 points sat on the bench. Instead, you plugged in what I would consider two scat backs guys. They're getting the ball through the passing game. Uh, I can't can't blame you for that. They give high floors. You guys know my philosophy on that. Fortunately, those floors really weren't realized so much this week. Or maybe the floor was, but there was no ceiling that came along with it. So Naeem Hines, unfortunately, was only good for 7.4 points. Lynn Bowden Jr. Uh, in Miami, he was only ended up being good for 10 points. And Robbie Anderson really let you down there with four points, too. So at the end of the day, though, I mean, the squad really driven behind Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley. I mean, you were able to throw up 139 points. Most people would likely take that in the semifinals and say, hey, yeah, I'll go see if this gets by. Uh, what you ran into, again, was a buzz on this week. Really, and on my end, was driven by my stack there I have out there in the desert, out there in Arizona, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. When my team really hums and really goes, they're usually the catalysts and the drivers. So my halfbacks there with Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, they are always obviously pretty solid. Uh, Travis Kelsey's obviously always pretty solid. So really what is the big difference maker for my squad in terms of if it is middle of the road in terms of average putting up let's say like around that 140 point part right where you're at if it really pops up to where it did this week 193 is what those two guys do and they hooked up in a big way so kyler was north of 40 points at 43.2 slinging a lot of those passes to deandre hopkins which also had a beautiful touchdown catch to a tune of 30 points uh dalvin cook against the bears Threw up 26.9. I'll, I'll definitely take that all day, every day. Travis Kelsey, 22.8. Then the Rook, J.K. Dobbins, found the end zone again, I believe, for his third straight week to go ahead and give me that well-rounded 193 points. Uh, Nick, same, same, same goes for you, as went for Mount Daddy. I mean, you got a solid, solid squad. Uh, a squad and a team that didn't have Christian McCaffrey for – the large majority of this year, you went ahead, you continued to compete. You got yourself into the semifinals. No shame in what you did there. Dirty Van Super Partners will definitely be back to compete next year, and we'll have their eyes on a title prize next year. Uh, for now, you'll be grinding it out, going up against Lut Russ Cook, fighting for that third that third overall place, trying to bring home that $80 versus the 70 Boys fall myself. I'm jazzed up. I'm not pumped. I can't be too bummed out for it because I'm on the winning end, the flip side of that. I get to go ahead and keep my season going for one more week and try to fight and bring home the title. And that is what we're going to get into right now. Let's go ahead and jump and take a look ahead and forecast out what's going to happen in this pivotal important championship week. Woofta. That was a rewind and a half. God, what the whistle I think I earned it. I tell you what, boys, you got to love the holiday season. Sitting around, getting all fat and sassy, just having some drinks, eating some food, snacking all day, watching some Christmas movies. Not a bad time to be alive. Got to like the holidays. Let's go ahead, though. We got bigger and more important things at hand. It is championship week. I'm jazzed up, beyond jazzed up about it. Uh, we are only going to cover, obviously, everyone's in play this week for the most part. 
I am pretty much only going to highlight and cover the paper bag bowl, the toilet bowl, and obviously the main slate, the 2020 PHFFL championship game. Where are we going to start? We are going to start in that paper bag, getting the scoreboard up here, flipping through NFL Week 16, playoff round three in the Powerhouse Hands Football League championship week. I love it. So again, we already know who's in this. We covered it in the rewind, but we found at wham, bam, fuck you, cam, going up against none other than Daniel Offridge's sinners like me. So these two guys, neither of them want to be sporting the paper bag on their head. Uh, luckily, we got some media access from Dan sinners like me. He laid out some thoughts here, so we weren't able to sync up and actually get him recorded on the show, but he, he sent me a well-crafted, well-messaged thoughts here, and I'm for the most part, I'm just going to read this verbatim. Hopefully, I don't bosh it, Dan. Hopefully, I express what you wanted to express here. Uh, so, so let's just get into it. For the war words of Dan's, again, just the level set here. This is his mindset, this point in the season, what he's feeling, what he's thinking, going into the paper bag bowl, um, and just his overall psyche. So this is what we got. I was in a special place the week before playoffs. Potential to make it and still have a chance at the number one pick with Nick's team. Wow, what a feeling is that, right? I lost is what it is but now i control my own destiny for number one so you know you reflect back think back about that dan's ideal scenario was he could have won he could have taken that six seed he could have dropped down the dirty van super punters into the loose bracket had that go for number one so that's where he's at he lost that that's a bummer but then you know he, he rebound hey i control my own destiny i can go get the number one pick that's awesome first round didn't matter but losing to nate three times in a year so this week, first round didn't matter, but losing to Nate three times in a year didn't sell, sit well with me. In fact, that's hard. That's hard to do. Believe that's hard to believe that can even be done. Coming into this past week, I just knew my boys would be pissed off and fight hard to get that pick. Coming in on a losing streak, the tables had to turn in my favor, right? Wrong. That fucking 49ers defense screwed me again. Thanks a lot, Andy Dalton and the Cowgirls. So here I am texting you about my thoughts about this week's paper bag game. What a shitty feeling that is. My confidence is shot. I look at my team thinking about how big a piece of the shit they are. How the hell did I get here? Do I sit Mike and Gronk because the Bucks' offense is very frustrating? Is Jalen Hurts going to be in the lineup and provide a spark? Do I continue to tinker when we all know tinkering doesn't work? I can't stand looking at Al's squad because he has he has many good players that scare me. And after years of telling him how bad his team is, I just know it's going to be me going to be by be by me week. I was riding high for most of the season after I made the trades, but now I'm at the lowest point of my career. I've spent the last two days at work evaluating my roster, looking at the four picks I have and the guys I can afford to lose and who I can't afford to lose. Maybe some picks I can trade for a player. I don't know. Give me some offers if there's people you would like. I hope to God I can pull this out and I have a little happiness to end this roller coaster of a season. So, I mean, th- there you have it, folks. The guy, Dan, he's uh, he's out there. He's still grinding. He, he, he's evaluating his roster. He's looking, wanting to be able to make some moves. 
He's got guys out there that's on the block. He got trade picks that are out there that's on the block. Um, his confidence, he said it's shot, it's at an all-time low. He's calling this the basement of his powerhouse fans football league career, of his fantasy career, going into this paper bag matchup. But luckily for you, Dan, as we open this up, as we look at this box score, not all hopes lost yet. So you are projected here to be a 13-point favorite, 127 points to 114 points. Let me go ahead, open up this box score here. Take a look, see who's going to win this, who's going to bring home the cake, and who's going to lose. She's she's really buffering here. Here we go. We got it open. Um, I tell you what here. So we got Justin Herbert. He's projected for 26.5 points against Denver. E, I know you had mentioned that. Do you roll? Try to put Jalen Hurts in there. Get a spark. Um, Jalen Hurts, if I'm not mistaken, has a great matchup this week. Yeah, against the Cowboys. I mean, he's projected to throw up 28 points himself. I can get why you want to do that. I feel like you kind of got to stick in the flames. Justin Herbert, a little bit more proven. He's done it more often than not. Um, Jalen Hurts, he's looking good. You got to be excited about that. Only a two-week thing. I'd probably continue to roll with your boy, your franchise quarterback, Justin Herbert. Uh, we continue to go down here. Stefan Diggs, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Stefan Gilmore on the other side, he's been ruled out potentially for the season. So that ends up being a good matchup for Diggs. I know he's a little banged up and there's a question mark next to his name now. I don't know his actual status. Obviously, if he's going, I think he'll have himself a good day. And then you do run into those very, very frustrating Tampa Bay players. What do you do with them? Uh, you got Mike Evans and Rob Gronk. The only thing I'll say on this is Mike Evans, I think he has to average 111 yards the next two weeks to continue his streak of I don't know how many years he's been in the league, essentially being the only wide receiver to have a 1,000 yards start his career up to, I don't know, seven seasons or eight seasons, however long Mike's been in the league for now. So he's going to have that going. So I think he's going to get his yardage. Uh, Gronk, on the other hand, I mean, start him, don't start him. You can try to roll with Austin Hooper. Don't have strong feelings on that. Wouldn't, wouldn't call you crazy if you went either way. On the flip side here, when we get over to Wham, Bam, fuck you, Cam, I'm seeing a lot of cues, red cues in this name here. So Chris Carson's questionable, Terry McLaurin's questionable, Tyler Boyd's questionable, Eric Ebron's questionable. A lot, a lot of banged up players, a lot of questionable players. And I honestly, I don't have a status update on any of those guys for you. Um, let's look. Let, what, what do I like here? What do I like? If Miles Sanders, he don't got question mark. He's going against the Cowboys. I think that's a favorable matchup there. I think Jared Goff against the Seahawks, even though that Seahawks defense has been much better of late, I do think that that is a plus matchup for you there. Um, going through the rest of this, not really loving Chris Carson against the Rams. Um, Josh Jacobs against Miami. I'm not a huge fan of that either. Um, and today sitting here looking through these things, I think the difference maker, I think those wide receivers, Stefan Diggs, Mike Evans, they go off, they blow up. I don't think it's going to be a 13 point win here. I think Dan's going to avoid the dreaded paper bag. Unfortunately, my pigskin power brethren, then that means he's going to be on the flip side of that. He's going to be on the losing end of that. He's going to sport it. Hopefully you guys prove me wrong. Both of you guys keep grinding. No one wants to be in the paper bag bowl, but this is where you found your guys' selves. Go ahead and get a W and save yourself the humiliation of having to put that thing on your head later this year. 
um, keep moving on here. And yeah, the next one we're going to get into is the toilet bowl where we found ourselves. Show me where you shit from versus Jerry's kids. With that, I'll pause and I will turn it over to my interview with the owner of show me where you shit from Jake Meyer himself. All right. Digging deep into the toilet bowl. Here we are. We have a show me where you shit from versus Jerry kids for show Jerry kids showdown. And the first owner we have joining us tonight, first time on the cast, first time on the race three podcast. We have none other than the owner and GM, but show me where you shit from Jake by yourself. Jake, how we doing? Yo, what's going on? Hey, doing really well. Happy to be a part of this thing. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Uh, it's unfortunate we cannot record at the same time if you caught when Jerry's Kids was on, but he had ranked your team name as one of the two worst team names in the league versus you and Wham Bam Bucky Cam. Any, any just thoughts about that right away, Jacob? Uh, sorry, not sorry. That's all I have to say. You know, it's... Uh... <laughs> pretty original and if uh if he wants pg-13 he's gonna have to go somewhere else to get it hey, hey man you know what i agree I, you know i told them showing where you shit from knowing where it originated from knowing where it came from one of my personal favorite team names in the league but we we got bigger fish to fry i mean first and foremost i guess i gotta congratulate you um you are now the proud father of a daughter in margo um, before we get on to bigger and better things, Jake, how, how is being a dad treating you? Man, it's, it's awesome. It's, uh, it's just something that's just truly incredible. You don't really know what you're getting yourself into until you do it. And, uh, uh, it's just, uh, it's just a blessing. Lucky, lucky to have her, lucky to have a, a family that I have. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, she's, she's a great, uh, co- co-owner of the team. And, uh, I look forward to her input into what I should be doing, uh, in future years to come here. Wow, I love it. I'm glad to know she's already a cone on her on the team. I like to know that all of our owners have someone written in the will in the worst case scenario. <laughs> push comes to shove, we have to fill somebody in. It's good to know we have backup right there. So, Jake, I mean, everybody knows it. We're in the toilet bowl. Um, at, at end of the day, it's probably not where you had your eyes set going into the season with a Tom Brady, going into the season with an Austin Eckler going into the season with a Michael Thomas. Unfortunately, a lot of those big players weren't there for you at the beginning of the year and for the majority of the year. So you're sitting here at toy bowl, but you have to love, you have the chance to go out and get the first overall pick. What, what, what are the thoughts at this point in the season going into such a pivotal week, trying to go after a first overall pick? Yeah. I mean, absolutely hit the nail on the head with that. I mean, all those guys being out, it's definitely not the season I was hoping for, you know, I play in this league to win championships and uh, going into this year, I had a lot of high hopes for my team and, you know, the injury bug bit me pretty bad. So uh, just dealing through all that adversity, um, you know, I'm just, just proud of the team really, you know, they stuck together and they've, they've trusted me, trusted the process. And uh, since week 10, they've really buckled down. I mean, I've only got two losses in weeks 11 and 12 combined four points. Um, if I could have squeezed out a few more there, I'd be on a six, uh, six game win streak and, uh, you know, things are looking up. So the future's bright and, uh, I guess it's, uh, it's, it's, it's shitty that I'm in the, in the toilet bowl. <laughs> Obviously yeah. no one wants hey. to be a part of that, but, uh, looking forward to getting someone, um, pretty good on my team for next year moving forward. So, yeah, I, I love that. And you're right. Team's on a heater. 
the team had unfortunate injuries this year. End of the day, you just got to be thankful. You're not there playing at the end of the year for the, trying to get out of the paper bag. You're there playing for the first overall pick. So you got to like where you're at. When I open up the box score and I take a look here, I mean, right away, smacks me in the face. You are projected to be a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. So, I mean, you are by far and away the favorite to go ahead and take the first overall pick next year. I mean, scrolling through matchups, Tom Tom Brady against Detroit, you got to like that matchup. He lit up last week. He's been good the last couple weeks. Uh, Austin Eckler, you got him back healthy against Denver. Can't complain about that. A.J. Brown, he's done nothing but big things. Uh, going up against Green Bay probably just depends if whether it's him or if it's Corey Davis that draws the attention of the top defender there in Packerland and really across the board. I mean, even Hunter Henry's kind of been heating up a little bit as of late. How, how are you feeling? What do you think the squad's going to do? Do you cover that 16 and a half points? Do you go ahead and get the W and bring home that first overall pick? Yeah, I mean, that 16 and a half point favorite spread there. Um... That's just music to my ears. It's something I've been working for all year, getting, you know, projections like this. Um, I'm going to need another big day from Touchdown Tommy. So uh, if you could send a little message to him, I know you probably got your connections there with Tampa Bay. Um, give him a little message and say Jake would really appreciate him going off for, you know, maybe 500 yards, five touchdowns. I know he's capable of it. So, uh, yeah. Um, no, I like the matchups. Um, like I, you know, like I was saying, I got some studs back that were injured earlier this year and, you know, uh, kind of all wheels turning forward right now. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm loving this, loving it. Hell yeah, I love that. And I tell you what, I'll put in a good word for Tom Brady. Um, before I, I let you go on this, though, a couple things. One, is there anything, What what's the biggest, what, what, what's the thing that got you up at night this week going into the toilet bowl? What's got you worried in terms, whether it's either show me where you shit from one of your players or whether it's what Jerry's kids has on his roster. What is it that keeps you up at night that you're worried about that could be worst case scenario that sinks the ship for show me where you shit from this week? Yeah. So uh, in terms of what I see on my team, that just kind of gives me a red flag is that triple stack I have in the chargers with uh, Mike Williams, um, Austin Eckler and uh, uh, Hunter Henry. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of do or die with them. Uh, luckily Justin Herbert's been going off and kind of feeding all those mouths. So it's great to see, but, uh, I kind of wish we had a guy in the league that was a chargers fan so I could sell some of these guys <laughs> off, uh, <laughs> get some more diversity, you know, uh, diversify yeah. that portfolio, so to speak, but, uh, uh- Absolutely. I mean, I, I agree with that. That is certainly a risk week in and week out. Um, yeah. Not schoolyard days anymore, but the, the rules still apply. I don't think you can triple stamp a double stamp. And I think you're doing <laughs> that with three Los Angeles Chargers players. Um, I love the analysis you brought to it. I'm glad we were able to get some time. Get your thoughts on this. Before I let you go, we're having a holiday theme. It's Christmas week. It's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Day. Before I let you go, uh, what is the, in your eyes, what is your favorite Christmas movie? What is the one you will have on your screen, whether it's Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? What will you, Heidi and Marco, be watching Christmas Eve, Christmas Day? Oh, gosh. I, I got to go with Christmas Vacation, Chevy Chase. It's just an all-time classic. You know? Amen. You know, Heidi Heidi kind of rolls her eyes when I tune it in, but it's a tradition, and it's never going to stop. And uh, hopefully it uh, gets Margot laughing off her ass when she gets older, uh, With along with me. I mean, uh, Uncle Uncle Eddie, 
with the shitters full. I mean, you can't beat that. Come shitters on. full. That's right. Shitters full. Team, show me where you shit from. Really appreciate stuff like that. So, heck yeah. Absolutely. You know what? That is a slam dunk of a choice. That, for me, has to be top three. That's what I'll say. It, it could potentially be number one for me. It's at least in my top three is what I'll go ahead and say. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, Jake, I tell you what, I appreciate you taking some time out of a busy holiday week, joining the Race of Three podcast and getting your thoughts and the lowdown of what show me where you ship from is coming from. Before you leave, any parting words for the rest of the league or for Jerry's kids, Mr. Chad Thompson himself, he'll have a chance to rebuttal anything, any words you want to put out there. Uh, I guess I'll just start with uh, you and Ben in the championship game. Uh, Congrats to you guys for making it there. This is back-to-back years, right? Well, so yeah, back, uh, so semifinals last year, year before that, we were head to head in the finals. Yeah. So the old OBJY and the boys of all have a bit of rivalry going on right now. Yeah, I say so. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's incredible. You guys have done a great job. Uh, something we're all shooting for and, uh, hopefully being there, taking you down next year. Um, in terms of, uh, something for, uh, Team Jerry's kids, I, I just hope I don't get reported for child abuse this week because I'm about to put a beat down on Jerry's kids. Wow. There you have it, folks. Show me where you ship from fully intends. Now, I got to ask you, I've always wondered this. Is show me where you ship from. Are you looking like like when you beat the shit out of somebody, are you looking at your opponent's shitter? Or are you showing your shitter to the opponent? Which one is it? Oh, it's showing my shitter to the opponent. Just You know, just like Braveheart where they're getting ready to go off to war, you know, and they all flip around and show their asses, start spanking them at their opponent, you know, before they go whip uh, their ass. Oh, yeah, baby. I love it. So we will find out this weekend if Jerry's kids – gets a full view of show me where you shit from Jake Myers <laughs> shitter or if he's the one in fact showing his pooper to Jake we'll find out <laughs> tune in we'll see what happens Jake I appreciate you hopping on and catching up thanks Taylor always a pleasure take it easy yes sir take it easy yeah Merry Christmas guys Merry Christmas so there you have it that is a toilet bowl through the eyes of Jake Meyer who's in it he's grinding Unfortunately, didn't get media access to the Jerry's Kids front office or locker room this week. But I imagine if I would have, it would have been something around the tune of Cole Beasley is not that bad and something about Aaron Rodgers being the man. With that, we'll get off toilet bowl and we'll move into back into the championship. Again, we have one other match I'll highlight just really quick. Dirty Fan Super Punters versus Lut Russ Cook. They're duking it out for third place. Um, we've got a $80 versus $70 on line here. So, again, another $10. That matchup's going. Dirty Van Super Punters projected 139 to 126 for let Russ Cook. Very, very close matchup. Um, I, I think this one is going to be a flip of coin here. I'm going to go ahead and say regress the mean. I'm a big thing of that. I think Lut Russ Cook has bounced back from their down down week last week. Dirty Van Super Punters, they come back down a little bit. Um, and I think that will give Lut Russ Cook the W and give them the third overall pick. With that, it is time to get in and discuss the championship. And I'll flip it over to the conversation that I had with Ben earlier today. So we talk about the meat of the night every week on this show. Tonight alone, this game. The matchup we have, it's the crown jewel of everything. This is me tonight. This game in its own 
is easily a giant brisket, pork butt, whatever fits your style. That's what we got going here. We're talking about the 2020 PHFL Championship, a showdown against none other than the defending champ, the OBJOIN versus the Boys of Fall. And I am lucky enough to have my opponent for the week, the defending champ, Ben Nielsen, joining us from the road. Nonetheless, Ben, how we doing? Doing well, you know, just got got done in Des Moines. was hoping my trophy was ready, but it wasn't quite yet, so I may have to wait another week. Hey, if I have anything to say about that trophy, it's going to be staying right down in Tuck's Pub, and I'll put it on display. You can come visit it whenever you want. <laughs> so, let's, you know, we, we, we will see. So, open this up here. I mean, as should be expected, tight, tight, tight. We're both in the championship. Both teams took different paths to get there. I'll admittedly say Ben and the OBJYN has faced much more adversity, I guess is what I'll say, than I have in terms of injuries, in terms of the squad that they have on the IR and the people they've been battling week in, week out. I would say for sure Ben, to get to where his squad is, has done a more masterful GM job than really I've had to do. Um, ben, I guess before we get into anything, any really kind of quick thoughts on how the OBJYN got here and uh, your thoughts and feelings on everything and how the season's gone thus far for you? You know, we're, we're happy to be back in the championship, but, uh, you know, I think in that one of those early shows in the season, like everybody kind of pointed out my running back spot was pretty weak. So, you know, we went into the season with Aaron Jones, Saquon, and I think maybe Matt Breida, were the only running backs on my roster. Um, so, you know, I made, made some good waiver pickups with, uh, you know, Mike Davis, Miles Gaskin, Wayne Gallman, and it may be like this week I may have all four of those guys healthy, so – May have some decisions to make, but better to be that way than, you know, be scrambling on the waivers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you've done a masterful job holding down that halfback two slot. It'll be interesting to see. And and we talked the boys fall and we talked the OBJYN. I mean, we're talking, I don't know if it's the Packers Vikings rivalry, Chiefs Raiders rivalry. Um, we're, We're talking top, top rivalry here. So last year, if I remember correctly, it was the semifinals. We we squared off against each other. You knocked me out of that to go on and win your title. Uh, the year before that, I believe we met in the championship and squared down. I happened to get the best of you that go around. This year, we're split 1-1 down the middle, so we got a rubber match coming up. And to even add, I, I want this probably more than ever because both of us have one championship. Whoever wins this, they're on their second. They're legitimately on the race of three next year and really turns the heat on the rest of the league Th- thoughts around that and, and what you want to do to be able to capture this second championship, put the league on notice. You know, I, I know there's some teams out there that are probably looking forward to a potential redraft, but uh, you know, I think we both got pretty solid squads. Um, you know, I think, I think, you know, this, this is my year, you know, just like last year was, um, you know, we, we've overcome a lot of adversity um, but I mean, you just, you just can't touch my team and, you know, we're going to come back next year with, you know, some of these guys off injuries and probably just secure that third one. So may as well pencil in that redraft for uh, summer 22. Yeah. Holy shit, boys. You know what? Boys of fall. They have other things to say. I want to take the second one. I'm hoping, I mean, let's go ahead and get into it. So right now where we sit today, ESPN, say what you will about the projections right now. They have the boys of fall favored here. 
154.7, call it 155, to the OBJYN, 141. One thing I do want to note on that projection, um, to Ben's point, all of his halfbacks do now look like they're going to be healthy. I believe maybe Gaskin, at least as early as today or yesterday, maybe actually had an O next to his name. He didn't have anything projected at that point. They've switched that to 13.2. I find it interesting, yeah, from I guess what I've read with the Carolina backfield situation. Christian McCaffrey, it sounds like he ultimately is not going to likely play again this week, at least he didn't practice. I mean, something would have to change over here in the next 48 hours to make that happen. So my, my assumption is Mike Davis will be fired up. He's only projected three right now. That will go up quite a bit more, I would imagine, closer to that 14-point average he had on the year. Um, I, I guess takeaways, What what, what uh, how, how are you feeling, one, about that 13-point spread? What, what do you think the strengths are for your squad this week? If you've had a chance to digest it, what do you think the weaknesses are? Or what keeps you up at night in general, either your squad, my squad, and what can happen this week? You know, I – I would say I'm, I'm excited about Mahomes' potential matchup with the uh, Falcons. You know, they gave up the most points to quarterbacks, and he's been, you know, had a few down games in there. So looking forward to, you know, a big outing out of him. Um, I'm a little bit, um, you know, tempted on, uh, on Darren Waller's outlook this week just because, you know, I think the Dolphins have a pretty good D down there. And, um, Maybe tough to tough to repeat some of those performances he's had lately, um, but you know, other than that, you know, I think we've got some some good matchups out there. Hoping Mike Davis can can suit up in that starting running back spot for the Panthers, and hoping Keenan Allen catches more than one pass this week. But uh, yeah, we're feeling good. Yeah, that's uh, that is where I was going to bring. So to me, looking at just focusing on your roster at this point in time. Uh, to me, that is probably your greatest risk. I admittedly, I have not followed really Keenan Allen. I know the one plus was, if I'm not mistaken, that was Thursday night football. I mean, that had to be killing you watching Thursday night football. I mean, the worst case scenario always for fantasy owners to have a stud that is questionable leading all the way up. They ultimately give the green light to him. And I mean, he was on a pretty, pretty heavy snap count in that one. Ultimately, I mean, that that's the kind of thing that could sink a lot of teams' ships. Luckily, you persevered. You made it to the championship. What's Keenan Allen's status? Is is he and he's going to get back to his seventeen and a half point average, or is that a big, big uh, weakness or concern for the OBJYN this weekend? You know, I, I haven't seen much on the injury. I think he might have sat out yesterday, if I remember correctly. So it'd be interesting to see how this week kind of shakes out. But I was sitting there Thursday, and I was like, if he's active, you know what? We ride together, we die together. You know, OBJYN for life. Hey, 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 man, you got to love that. He's been a staple of the squad. Uh, for me, on the flip side, the boys of fall, well, what what it comes down to me, and I guess shit, when I think of our 1-1 split, so the first game I think you beat me rather handily, I don't know, like maybe 30, call it 40 points or something like that. I know your team blew up. Uh, my team did fine in its own right, just wasn't to the level of the OBJYN. And then obviously the second time around in standings week, it took a big late Call it flop time, call it whatever you want. Took an OBJ, I mean, not an OBJ one, excuse me, took a JK Dobbins, getting in the end zone, winning some free beer for the pigskin power, get, getting us the W there um, to get there. So I think that was maybe a half point win. So, I mean, on the season, you're up points wise. So, I mean, this is the rougher match. For me, the difference maker in the games and difference maker for Boys of Fall for me last week was when Kyle Murray's going and he's clicking, then I have DeAndre Hopkins going. 
uh, that to me might be either like those guys bomb and they blow up. Um, if they, they go big here and let's say I get a 30 point day out Kai Murray and that leads me 20 out DeAndre. So I get 50 out of that line. I'm feeling pretty good here on the boys of fall side, everything else in my squad, maybe outside of Chris Godwin, I'm feeling pretty strong about JK Dobbins. Maybe gives me a little bit of nervousness, but you know, I'm liking Alvin Kamara against Minnesota. I'm a little suspect Dalvin Cook against that New Orleans Saints front seven. Uh, but with that said, Dalvin Cook's a matchup-proof kind of guy. Like you said, r- r- you just got to ride with him. That, that's your stud. You're going to plug him in. Uh, so to me, on my end, if Kyle Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, go combined for 50-plus, I think the boys will fall, squeak out, and a tight, tight victory here. Yeah, you know, I, I think you've got some tough matchups, like you said, with Cook. Um, be interesting to see if he's able to, you know, kind of persevere through that and score some points. Um, you know, with with Kyler and Hopkins, I think the 49ers try and slow that game down just with all the injuries they've had. Um, yeah. you know, they're putting out a really good quarterback this week in C.J. Beathard, so yeah, it could be a shootout. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping it doesn't get to that. And, you know, Beathard kind of keeps Kyler under wraps. And, uh, you know, but we'll see. You know, I, I think you, you know, I'm hoping Tyreek Hill gets all the touchdowns in the world for Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, Kelsey throws a dud. I think that helped me out. But those guys seem to be pretty well correlated. So I don't know if I'm going to have that happen this week. Yeah, I'll say this. I'm fine with a three-tutty day out of Patrick Mahomes. If two of them go to Travis Kelsey, go ahead. Let that happen all day long in my eyes. All right. So, I mean, let's get 13 points. I mean, I think everybody and their mother knows who we're each going to pick to go on this. I mean, you got to. It's championship week. Uh, who, who are you taking right now on this hypothetical 13-and-a-half point spread here in the Powerhouse Fans Football League championship? You know, I think you got to go with the OBJYN money line. I mean, the odds on that got to be pretty good. And, um, you know, I think they pull out, the, pull out the victory and, you know, bring that trophy back where it belongs. Wow. I'm going to go ahead and say – you're wrong on all accounts right there. It's going to be a big weekend for the boys. I'm talking 30-plus point victory. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. We're going to go. We put our second highest score up last week. We're going to go ahead, and we're going to have our highest score of this week when things really matter in week 16. Things are heating up. We're ready to rock. End of the day, I'm excited to see it. One's going to be super happy. One's going to be a little bit disappointed. One's going to be $250 richer. Have a little extra, a little extra hardware coming. Do you have at the new house? I know you did the walkthrough today. Where were you kind of mapping out where the trophies would go, where the trophy case would go? Oh, yeah. Go? There's, there's a nice shelf right above the uh, bar area in the basement. I've already got, you know, I think one or two of them that'll go up there. And we'll probably add the third here in a couple weeks. Wow. We, we will see about that. The uh, Like I said, the old armchair quarterback trophy. She'll be sitting at Tuck's Pub. You can visit whenever you want. But, Ben, I want to say thank you for joining me. I know it's a busy holiday week. I know I'm near the road. I appreciate you joining on. Before I let you go, though, it is a holiday-themed one. We got Christmas Eve. We got Christmas Day. I've been asking all my guests, putting them on the spot, what is your top Christmas movie, what will you guys be watching and consuming New Year's Eve, Christmas Day, or around the Christmas season? You know, I, I got two Christmas movies that I'm uh, very fond of. I think one of them's pretty popular, and that being Elf. Uh, wow. All right. Yeah, Will And Ferrell. then the, the second one, you know, I don't think it gets the attention and the love that it should, but um, Jingle All the Way with my man Arnold. <laughs> 
All right. Yeah, that is the first time I've heard that second one. And honestly, admittedly, I kind of had forgotten about Jingle all the way. Uh, I don't even remember the name of the freaking other actor in that, but I remember the premise of them going after some kind of action figure, superhero action figure for her son or some shit like that. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that is correct. You know, you get your usual answers of, you know, Home Alone, some of those movies, National Lampoon's, Christmas Story, those ones. But, you know, I have to pull one out of the woodwork. They might, you know, someone, someone in the league is going to go watch that movie this week and they be like, I'm glad Ben brought that up. Well, you know what? That may just be me tonight. <laughs> I might go see and see if any of the streaming services offer it. Like I said, I damn near forgot about that movie, but I do remember it. So, I mean, shit, Ben, but before I let you go, um, any other parting words, whether it's about this game, anything you want to spread to the rest of the league before I let you go? No, you know, I mean, I think this is a year of champions, you know, OBJYN, the Green Bay Packers. I think we've got a lot of them coming our way. Um, and probably, you know, maybe even an MVP trophy for number 12. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, if that number 12 is wearing pewter and red, I don't argue with you. So that, that <laughs> thing, Tom Brady, he, he's there. He's there for Buccaneers, Super Bowl, mark it down, put it down, Boys of Fall Championship. Ben, I appreciate having you. Have a Merry Christmas. Tell your family Merry Christmas. Thank you. You as well. Great to be here. Yeah. Take it easy. Drive safe. So there you go from both the horse's mouth. That is how we're feeling going in championship week. I'm jazzed up about it. But with that, man, we're done with me tonight. We made it through the gauntlet. We made it through the holiday episode, the special Christmas episode. Before we let you guys leave, let's make sure we keep tradition here and make sure we bring you some betting advice. There is no Thursday night football this week. So I'll go ahead and I will bring you the advice for the Friday game, which features the Minnesota Vikings versus New Orleans Saints. Let me pull it up here on Odd Shark. So we have a six and a half point favorite right now of New Orleans Saints uh, over under currently of 51 points. Right now, the public 55% is going with the underdog with the Minnesota Vikings to cover that six and a half points. And the public is liking the over uh, 57% of them are betting that over 51. I'll go ahead and agree with the public it's going to go the over of that 51 man i would love 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 to see the vikings cover that six and a half i'd love to see them win outright as that means buccaneers could keep faith alive of potentially capturing the nfc south yet i can be a wishful dreamer it's the holiday season just let me have it guys um, but with that said, I will go ahead and I'll put my money down actually on New Orleans to cover that six and a half point spread. So that's what I got. That's your T-Con parlay that guarantee locked in, lock it loaded. With that said, that's the end of our time here today, tonight. I hope everyone has an awesome holiday season. Hope you guys get to have plenty of holiday cheer, have some beverages, have some good food, enjoy the time with the family. Hopefully you guys get a couple good gifts from Santa. With that, cheers to you guys. Cheers to the league. Merry Christmas, filthy animals. Uh-huh.